I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Send us in a WhatsApp if you're listening and tell us the stupidest thing you might have done when you were uh, a teenager. Because we've all, that's the time when you do dumb stuff and get yourself in a little bit of trouble. You know, what's that saying? You can't be old and wise if you weren't ever young and stupid. <laughs> so drop us in a WhatsApp and let us know. 0876797104. Because joining us on the line now is a gentleman who now works as a fraud consultant. One of his jobs helping people and companies prevent themselves from being scammed. If you've ever been scammed, you'll know how annoying and frustrating that is. But, uh... In his early years, in his teenage years, he was involved with uh, frauds that had mounted into the millions. He's uh, from Scotland. He joins us now on the line. Elliot Castro, sir, how are you? How are you doing, Cormac? I'm not bad, thanks. Thanks a million for uh, joining us here on the show this evening. Um, you have a fascinatingly interesting life that has gone from, I suppose you're working on nearly both sides of the law, but can you tell us your story when it comes to, to, to fraud as a youngster? How did, how did this all start and where did it lead to? Well, it started when I was about 15 years old. Uh, I was a daft kid and uh, I found a credit card on a train one day and instead of just handing it in, I thought I'd try and use it myself to buy my train ticket to school so that I could buy sweets and stuff with the money I'd been given to, to do that from my parents, you know. Now, I'm not very smart. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to, to do the kind of stuff that you were able to do, but obviously this continued on into your later years. Yes, escalated very much from about... Either 15 to 21, roughly. Um, I'm 37 now, so long time's passed since then. But obviously, that time, yeah, everything did escalate very quickly, actually, from, you know, buying silly little things like sweets and CDs and haircuts and things to, you know, travelling all around the world first class and things. So it definitely did get a bit of, out of hand. I don't think anyone can deny that. With that first credit card that you found, like, how much before that was stopped or did anything come of that? Did like, the owner of that card ever kind of cancel the card and figure out it was you who was getting away with everything? Yeah, so uh, that was the first time I did it and it was also the first time I got caught. So um, basically what had happened was I bought the, the ticket. It was a weekly ticket, so you had a photo card with your name and stuff on it and obviously my name didn't match the name on the card and I didn't think that anything had been discovered but the train inspector just walked away and didn't see anything and then about maybe four or five stops later on the train the police came on and took me off and took me back to school and uh, the headmistress wasn't very happy as you can imagine <laughs> and then what happened then later on scamming people out of millions well what, what basically happened was I developed a, a strategy whereby what I would do is I would contact people um, that were staying in in 
hotels and things and I would get them to give me their personal details by pretending to be from the hotel reception desk. So that came about, you know, a good a good while later and what basically happened was I would get these details and contact the bank and then the bank would send me credit card with my name on it as an additional card holder on that person's account and over time it became more about sort of corporate credit cards and things like that rather than personal cards just because the limits were higher and the spending ability was much higher on those cards. And did you just get accustomed to that lifestyle where you were just spending stupid money on watches and first yeah. class and so on? <laughs> I mean obviously to say I got accustomed to it, I mean I don't know if that's I don't know if that's if that's really how how it transpired because yes it was a you know a fantasy lifestyle and everything about my life at that time was was fake you know so it wasn't really it wasn't really me but it was at the time it was the only it was the only thing that I knew how to do to make money so I know that sounds ridiculous but at the time you know as I say I was a teenager and it was a, a you know bit of a bit of a stupid mistake but basically uh, it went on for quite a long time so you know I knew what I was doing I knew it was wrong but in my mind I didn't think anyone was suffering from it because you know my my feeling on it was my understanding at the time was that people's banks would refund the money and I guess in most cases that's exactly what happened but obviously it doesn't account for the, the stress that people went through when they maybe discovered that the cards had been used and things, you know. So obviously, you know, as, a, as an adult now, I can kind of see that. But at the time, I just kind of put it to the back of my mind. Where did you get the idea? Because part of me is, you know, impressed that you came up with that idea to, you know, contact people in hotels and stuff. Like, what, what gave you that idea? So, I mean, bear in mind, I was at the time. So, you know, I had a lot of money, but no friends. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of the catalyst for this was that I believed that having lots of money would bring me friends and bring me um, all the things that I was missing in my life and uh, that's, a, that's a bad mindset to get into because you know it doesn't work like that life doesn't work like that you know so I mean where it all obviously went crazy for me was just that I realised that this was a fantasy lifestyle and I knew that I knew that at the time but it was you know it, at times it did make me feel good so I don't really know if that answers your question <laughs> What was would you say then the most ridiculous slash stupidest thing that you bought when you were doing this? Well, I think that would have to be the car, because I, I, at one point I bought a, a BMW 7 Series car but I had no driving licence and I couldn't drive, and this is all just about sort of, you know, this image that I had to people that knew me as this sort of, you know, rich playboy sort of thing so I had no real reason to go and buy this car that I knew I'd never be able to drive, so... And what did your family uh, and friends think you were doing? So, my family, well, they, they didn't really know what was going on, to be honest with you, but people that knew me, I had a various different sort of um, excuses that I used for my lifestyle, one of which was I used to tell people that I worked as a hotel consultant because I was staying in a lot of hotels at that time, so it kind of made sense, like, you know, sometimes if I would go to a certain city and I would meet people that I'd met the last time I was there, but I'd be staying in a completely different hotel, sometimes for weeks on end. So I would just say that, you know, I worked in hotel management consultancy, and that was basically the, the excuse that I gave for that. The other one that I used sometimes was I would tell people that I worked for the Ministry of Defence and just left it at that sort of, you know, giving over the image that I was working for MI6 or something stupid like that, so... I mean, it's it's ridiculous on the face of it, but to me at the time, it just, I don't know, it worked. Is James, like a James Bond character, was, is James Bond historically Scottish? Is that, am I getting confused? Was that the character <laughs> based in Scotland? I think, I think that is actually correct, yeah. I believe in the original Fleming Bond, he was, he was Scottish, yeah. Or he had Scottish right. ancestry or something like that. So, you yeah. know, maybe I am, maybe I am related, you know. <laughs> After all this, you turn around, my God, you're, you're a descendant of uh, James Bond, and hence why you went and doing all this. But obviously... <laughs> I said, I you, you obviously acknowledge- never going to jail, though. 
<laughs> that's what I mean. You're missing a few of the gadgets to break yourself out of jail, unfortunately. Um, but so there was there was Rolexes, there was first class trips around the world, there was you know BMWs, there was the whole lot, and it was jumping from hotel to hotel to hotel on credit card scams. Totaling, how much uh, do you think over the several years that you were doing is that you racked up in kind of credit card? Billing and fraud. So I'm often misquoted with this one, so I have to right. be careful how I say this because obviously, at the time, as I'm sure you can understand, I certainly wasn't keeping tally of how much had been spent. The only estimate that I have, and this was brought up by police and prosecutors many years ago, was that they estimated that it was somewhere in the region of two and a half million pounds. I was never ever charged with that much, but that was what they thought. And, you know, given what evidence they had, yeah. some of which could be proved and some of which couldn't be proved, that that's what that's what the estimate was. So, you know, I have to go with that, but it seems a lot to me. But then if you consider the sort of lifestyle I was leading at the time, it was, you know, it's very much possible. And were you in denial the whole time? Like, did you realise that you were going to get caught? I tried not to think about that, if I'm totally honest with you, you know, at the time. I mean, truth be known, when it, when it did all come crashing down, I think deep inside I wanted it to end because it got to the point where... I was becoming quite close to some people who I would say, you know, were, were becoming good friends. But in all, to all intents and purposes, we were good friends, but they really had no idea who I, who I actually was. So that was quite painful because, you know, you want to be honest with people and you can't, you can't tell people what you're doing when you're doing that sort of thing. It's not an accepted profession. So it was a lot of fun at times, don't get me wrong. Never denied that, but it was also very lonely at times as well. When and how did it all come crashing down then? I lived in Belfast for a while towards the end of all this, so this would have been around about 2003, uh, end of 2003, and I took a friend of mine away to... We were supposed to be going to Amsterdam, but something went wrong with the flights and uh, it had been discovered that the flight was bought fraudulently, so we had to... Well, I had to change the flight and we had to go somewhere else, so we ended up heading to Edinburgh instead. And in Edinburgh, I went to Harvey Nichols, gift vouchers, about £2,000, I think it was. Passed over a card and, uh, you know, the woman behind the desk said, well, have you got any other ID? You know, fair question, it's a lot of money. And I just, I said, no, it's fine. I said, just uh, just phone the card company, they'll, they'll clarify everything. And obviously I knew all the security questions and everything, so I wasn't worried about that. So she did call and uh, everything was verified and I got given the vouchers. But uh, when I went back to the shop with my friend about half an hour to an hour later. What had happened in the meantime was that she had guessed that something was up and called the card company back and told them, listen, I know this went through, but I think something's wrong with it. They then contacted the real card holder, who obviously told them he hadn't just bought all these vouchers, and uh, the police arrived. I was in the toilet at the time, so when I came out of the toilet, the police were standing right there, and that was it. That was, <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. And did you confess everything? Did I confess everything? Um... <laughs> Obviously, I'd rather not answer that question, but I think you take from my answer. No, I mean, you know, I got caught bang to rights for a lot of what I did, so, so no. Um, you know, I didn't confess absolutely everything, but uh, to be honest with you, I would have had great difficulty because there were so many individual transaction cards and things that had been involved over the previous five years that I probably wouldn't even remembered half of it if I'd wanted to. Yeah. So, you know, did I get sentenced for everything? No, absolutely not. But uh, it was enough to make me change my ways. How, how long did you get? So... I served a few different sentences at different points in my sort of, well, fraud career, if you want to call it that. But the last time was uh, two years was the sentence I got. That was the longest sentence I'd had. And how old were you when you went to prison for those two years? Uh, 20. Wow. 20. Um, yeah. And then was it during those two years in prison where you kind of said, uh, like, OK, let's, let's cop on now? So basically what happened, at the time, I was not prepared 
to let anyone else tell me what to do. I was just a really arrogant kid and uh, yeah. I had to make this decision for myself. So what happened was when I was in prison, I was um, watching people in the time I was in prison, sort of older fellas who were coming in and going out and coming in and back out again sort of thing. And I just realised that that's not what I wanted for my life. You know, I was still young enough but confident enough to know that you know, I could do something better with myself if, if I just applied some of my skills to something that was more legitimate. So I also had very good fortune that a, a journalist spoke to me when I was in prison and asked me if I would be interested in writing a book. So we did that as well. Um, and that kind of gave me something to put my mind to. And when I came out of prison, I took me a long time to make things right with myself in my own head, you know, about all the stuff that I'd done. But uh, I think finally, um, you know, managed to get there in the end. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite quite happy with my life now. It could have been so much worse if I hadn't made some you know important decisions that I made at that time. So I have to be grateful for the fact that I made my mistakes early in my life. And uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have to worry about all the stuff I did when I was a teenager for the rest of my life, sort of thing. Well, in a strange way, you're actually helping other businesses now from your yeah. mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, I'm very fortunate to come out the other side of this because a lot of people who commit things never get that opportunity unfortunately um, you know you hear stories all the time about people who committed crimes when they were very young and uh, they have trouble getting a job have trouble succeeding in life because of the mistakes that they made when they were young you know I, I like to hope hope to think that we live in a forgiving society where people can make mistakes and, and be forgiven you know um, so what I do now is I have a you know, reasonably successful consultancy business where I help businesses um, try and alleviate fraud in terms of, you know, closing loopholes and helping clients understand what methodology fraudsters use to try and commit these crimes in the first place. Um, that all came about, you know, quite by accident. It wasn't something I was looking for, but uh, companies started approaching me off the back of reading my book or seeing me on TV or whatever it was. So, you know, I had to obviously take that opportunity. And I know some people might say, well, you know, does that not mean that time pays? And, you know, I have to say, well, no, I don't think it does because, yes, I did all these things and, uh, you know, I served my time and uh, it's definitely affected my life in a, in a huge way. But I think that now what I'm doing is far more, you know, in, in line with sort of, you know, making up for what you did sort of thing. So, you know, I have to, I have to live with that. There's always going to be people who say, oh, you know, he should never be allowed to succeed in his life because of what he did when he was a teenager. And I'm sorry, but I just can't agree with that. We all make mistakes. Mine were huge, admittedly. But we all make mistakes and we're all allowed a second chance. So, you know, I'm grateful for those opportunities that have, that have come my way. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed a second chance unless you're listening to people on Twitter who just want to cancel everything left, right and centre. So I'm, I'm, glad you've, uh, I'm glad you've said I'm glad you said that. And I suppose glad you've gotten the other chance and the opportunity to, to redeem yourself. As you, as you mentioned, uh, a ton mm -hmm. of other people are kind of might be scared for life and poisoned for life and mightn't be able to uh, get legitimate work and legitimate jobs. So, um, yeah. listen, thanks a million for, for popping on. It's a fascinating story. The name of your book, by the way, is it still available either on, online or as a Kindle? Or Yeah, so the book's, the book's still available online. Uh, you can, I think you can buy it and uh, you can also download it for Kindle and find the book's called Other People's Money um, by Elliot Castro with Neil Forsyth. So if any of your listeners want to have a look at it. Um, I'm also on Instagram as well, so if any of your followers, uh, if any of your listeners want to give us a follow on, on Instagram, then shoot ahead. <laughs> it, 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 what's the username at the handle on uh, Instagram? It's, it's Elliot Castro with four O's. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> it was the best I could do. Someone else had already taken that name, so like, I was yeah, quite Elliot surprised Castro. about it. <laughs>
1896. Well, listen, Elliot, that's a fascinating story. We appreciate you giving up your time here this evening. Obviously, fair play for you know being one of the few who could and who did turn it around and make those uh, choices. Kind appreciate of, that. So, redeem it and and help people now when you can. And I said, always get your mistakes out earlier rather than later. But listen, Absolutely. it's been a pleasure. And um, thanks for coming on FM 104 this evening. And we'll chat you again soon. Thanks for so much for having me on. Thank you. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Room 104 with Cormac and Sir here. And still to come on the show, we'll be chatting to Ronan, who is a group of 13 people who decided to go from Mizzenhead to Malinhead, cycling and camping and taking nudes as well. Now, the nudes are for a charity calendar. They're not just randomly sending people nudes. They're going to put the nudie calendar together and use it to raise money for two very, very worthwhile charities. We'll be on to him in just a few moments and to chat about how they're getting on, where they are and how tough it is cycling 1,500 kilometres, which is no mean feat. Also, if you've just tuned in, you might have just missed our interview with Elliot Castro, a Scottish guy who was convicted of fraud. He committed fraud, about two and a half, three million euros worth of kind of stolen credit card details and the like wound up in prison for it. He did this between the ages of 15 and, and 20 before he kind of got caught now works with companies as an anti-fraud consultant. He's also got a very interesting book out. The interview will be up on the podcast very, very shortly. But this evening, um, before we go on, we haven't we haven't a, a chance here for a quick question. So do you have a little one there before we go anywhere, Sisha? Yes, I do. So women spend a year of their lives doing what? Men. <laughs> Sorry? That's not the answer, no? No, that's not the answer. Shucks. No. See, I would say women spend a year of their life, a year of their life, being late, but it's far more than that. Oh yeah, we're late for everything. Mm, I know, I'm yeah. never on time ever. Like people have to lie to me and tell me a certain time that's about a half an hour yeah. earlier than was expected. Um, I, no, it's not late. Right. Okay. So, uh, as a woman, if you're listening and you're a woman, what do you spend a year of your life doing? Any like. Is this a personal thing that you do? Yeah, it would be. And can men not do it? No, men can do it as well, but they they just don't waste time doing it. Oh. Hmm. Oh, I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I'm going to hold off before um, I ruin it. There you go. Women spend a year of their lives doing what exactly? If you want to have a guest this evening, 87 104 uh, we'll see if anyone gets that right next. Here in F- FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. If you have not seen the Come Here To Me Dublin campaign just yet, head on over to F104's Instagram and Facebook page there. We have uh, sent Crossy out to various different parts of Dublin to give you an idea of what there is out there for to do for a staycation. So he's been everywhere from Crow Park to the... Guinness storehouse to the, you know, to the 40 foot down at the nearly so small little places you may not have heard of and also kind of larger things. So if you're planning on doing something, you've had to cancel a holiday, you're looking for some, do something around Dublin, want to support the small local businesses around there. There's several videos coming out over the next couple of weeks, but the latest one to give you a little bit of a, little bit of a guide and some info and some suggestions and ideas about what you, what you can do this week or this weekend over on FM104's Instagram or Facebook page. So do check that out and visit, visit Dublin.ie as well for more information there as well. Before the break, Saoirse, the question you had was... The question I had was, women spend a year of their lives doing what? Right, okay. Interesting one. 0876797104. We got a text in there that says cleaning. Oh, God, that's horrific, the thoughts of that. A year of your life cleaning. 
I come see from Why do men not clean? How do you know it's we don't true, do more? How, how, do you know how do you know we don't do more? No, you don't. Of course we do. We all know. No, we all know we just men don't, don't clean more. No, you don't. No. You do a half-assed job usually. No. It's true. Um, is it the answer? No, it's not the answer. I say it's more. I don't know. I don't know. Like this, at least cleaning, you get something in the end. You get some kind of reward. I mean, it's depressing enough like that you'd get, you know, a reward for cleaning because yeah, then you just yeah. mess it up again. But you do get a reward. You don't from this. Okay. Uh, a year of your life as a woman doing what? It's spent doing what? Oh, it's seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Washing and straightening slash doing stuff to their hair. Oh, it takes so long. Like, any time I have to wash my hair, I have to tell anyone I won't be able to meet them for an hour and a half. Because my hair, obviously, I've got extensions in as well, so I have to wash them and it takes ages. And then to dry it, it just goes on forever. And then, of course, it's just a big puff ball. I have to straighten it or to curl it. And that takes another half an hour. So, yeah, that was in from Eric. And Craig also mentioned that as well, kind of drying their hair a year out of their life. So, must be miserable. It's actually not the answer. Ah. Okay. It's not the answer, but it is. It's very tough going. A good guess, though, lads. Unfortunately, incorrect. Asian, good evening, he said. Is it um, your makeup? Do you spend a year of your life just doing your makeup? I would say we spend longer, which is very vain of us and horrible to think. But, you know, on average, I'd say a girl, okay, not everyone, but they'd spend a good 20 minutes doing their makeup every day. Yeah. Sometimes twice a day. Some people do it, you know, on the bus and stuff like that to try and save themselves some, some time few more minutes yeah. in bed so you don't have to get up at like 7 o'clock and fix your face. But nowadays, you know, you could contour and people put on their primer and everything else. So it takes time. Mm. You can't really be throwing that on the bus. You need your, your makeup desk. Just see some, someone there sitting on a bus with a ring light in front of them doing a whole tutorial yeah. on the way into work. Hey, it's guys. Not, it's not, it's not going to work. You don't have a table to put it on. Keith has said, is it a year of their life giving out about men? No, but they, they surely definitely do that, I'd say. It says more than a year as well. I'd say it is too, yeah. It's not the answer. Is it a... Jacqueline has said, is it a year of your life shaving your legs? Oh, gross, yeah. I mean, it's quick to shave your legs, but we have to do it quite a lot. It's not the answer. No. Nope. Is, is it a year of your life trying to make a decision about what takeaway to eat on the weekend? Oh, it's so hard. I just tend to go with the same one every week now because I just can't make a decision to save my life. And now I'm getting bored of the same one. Yeah. But yeah, I know the struggle is real and you start fighting about it then. Because the girl usually says, I don't mind. And then he says, pick one. And then she says, don't talk to me like that. Stop being snappy. And then it turns into a fight. And then you end up breaking up that day. Uh, You don't get any takeaway. takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's not the answer though, no. Um, so it's a year of your life doing what is it so something men and women do but women obviously spend a hell of a lot longer doing this than men yeah okay is it probably something you do because at home or women work? have more of this than men oh, on average right right okay uh, you uh, do this at home so you do it at home not in work men and women do it but women will take far longer to do this than men right okay yeah um, 0876797104 Ironing, 
Who earns a 2020? I know, the shame, no one does, and it's disgraceful. I'm walking around here in creased, dark, navy t-shirts, and I'm like, oh, the state of me. No, but no one wears, like, newly, freshly ironed clothes anymore. It's a waste know, of time. We learned that ten years ago. No it's not standards. a shame. Absolutely no standards. And especially now when people are working at home. There's no need. Stay in your pyjamas. Okay, that, <laughs> that is very true. There's absolutely no need for you to do that. Um, you can stay in scruffy pyjamas and don't even need to do your makeup or your hair or anything, right? A year of their lives doing what? Women, what are you spending a year of your life doing? FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. You can listen back to the full shows up on the Room 104 podcast, whatever podcast platform that you're using. You can get us there. Hello, Travel Ben. Oh, I'm Travel nice. music, I should say. It's back. Wow. Where are we going? Oh, oh we are going nowhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> nowhere fast. Uh, okay, uh, last couple of guesses here now this evening. The question, Saoirse, was... The question is, women spend a year of their lives doing what? Uh, Keith has said, in a, a very sexist comment now, is it sitting on their arse? Oh my, G- Keith. Now once you tell me that men sit on their arse three times longer than that, then I'll be okay with you, but uh, no, they don't. Incorrect. Uh, no, it's not, not cooking in there from Jacinta. We've had nope. shaving your legs, driving your hair. Uh Questions to catch the sexist. Trap questions to catch the sexist. Sexist. I'm not entirely sure, Liam, what you mean by that. But okay. What? Is that questions to trap your partner? When you know he's cheating? Yeah, I'd say we spent a year of our lives doing that. Where were you? But what, why do you have that on? I, I can smell perfume. Who were you with? Who, who are the who lads? She? Were you talking to her? <laughs> yeah, these types of questions. I'd say so, yeah. I'd say we definitely spent about a year of our lives doing that overall. Playing oh, detective. God. It's not the answer, though. Conniving. You spent a year of your life conniving. We just need to make sure that we're not being effed around, that's all. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so again, um, both men and women do this. You probably do this at home. Women just take a little bit longer, on average, than men to do this. Last couple of... Minutes 0876797104. A year out of your life, if you're a woman, that you spend doing this. An entire year, 365 days, but no sleep you're spending on doing this. Okay, so. It's a I horrible think- feeling because everyone does it and you hate to say you do it. And you usually say this one phrase that is absolutely not true. And it's not true because if it was true, you wouldn't be in this predicament. Hmm. Okay, Matthew has said, is it choosing outfits? Although I'd probably spend that amount of time too. Oh God, Matthew, really? A year of your life choosing what to wear, is that correct and right? Yes, it is. Well done, sir. (laughs) Well done, you, yeah. So we spend, yeah, on average a year of our lives trying to decide what to wear. Not Oh. Not wearing the clothes itself, deciding what to wear. And I do it every single day. I have two two rooms that I have clothes in. And I con- convince myself I have no clothes. I need to get more. Nothing to wear. Yeah. And I wear the oh, same thing the phrase, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Nothing to wear. My God. A year of your life spent just staring into your wardrobe. Yeah. Grim. And I think we get so upset if we wear the same jeans. Mm. 
twice. Do you know that kind of way? Like, if I was wearing my black Freddy jeans, I'm not going to wear them again tomorrow with a different top. That would make me no, really sad. you're not going to wear them again tomorrow because you've ripped them. No, I have one pair that I haven't ripped. Oh, have you? One pair left? Yeah, one pair left. Now, I still oh, okay. wear the ripped ones. They're still there. They still get washed. They still get worn. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, if you put on the fake tan, even the hole where you can see your skin, it's tanned, so it doesn't look obvious. Yeah. So it's grand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that isn't good to hear. So listen, correct and right, Matthew. Well done. Also got that right. I think Max, you did as well. Keith got there in the end. Uh, a year of your life you spent picking your clothes. Although, you know, lads are getting worse for these things. And are getting I far more... Me far more into their looks you know I heard mm. a story of a man who will remain nameless that I know through a friend and he gets Botox in his forehead he gets fillers in his no. nose and the side of his face hits the beds you know big time into the looks now big time uh, oh, is he um, someone I know no he's not he's not someone you know yeah it's just not a good look on, on guys it's not a really good look on girls either to be honest if it's done right, you can kind of look a little bit fresher, I guess. But for for guys, it's just not. I like the more rugged look. Manly, weathered look. The more, bit of yeah, experience weathered. in your face instead yeah. of just the shock, the 24-7 shocked and surprised Botox look. Yeah, I just feel like that person won't protect me if someone breaks in. <laughs> Stay away from the face. I've spent four grand on this this month. Oh, my God. The only thing they'd be good for is, you know, obviously pitch dark if they had their veneers in and they were glowing in the dark. At least we'd <laughs> had some light. But otherwise, useless. <laughs> yeah. Qu- quick, John, open your mouth. <laughs> there we go. Light of the way. Glow in the dark veneers to be a safety measure. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, there you go. Um, a year. A year of your life picking out clothes. Uh, still yeah. to come on the show, by the way. We're going to be chatting to uh, Ronan. He's part of a group of 13 people who are cycling up from Mizzenhead to Malinhead, all doing it to raise money for charity. They're camping outside. They're taking nudes for a naked calendar. Uh, and it's 1,500 kilometres that they're going to be cycling. He'll be on the way shortly, along with uh, music from Julep and Calvin Harris. It's on the way next here on FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. How's your evening going? Hope you're well. You can get in touch and uh, say hi and give us your opinion on this as well. What would you make of a restaurant that when you went into it, they weighed you? Now, I actually seen this earlier on Mm. and, you know, automatically I was shocked, horrified that they're going to judge you on your weight and all the rest. But it is good for the environment. You haven't seen this story. What has happened in a restaurant over in China is that apparently the government has launched over there. They want to reduce food wastage, so you know, so you're not putting half your plate in the bin. And sometimes when you go to a restaurant, you order, you know, it might be a, some dish of pasta or whatever, and you realise, wow, I'm not going to eat all that. Or you have a massive pizza and a burger. Um, and, you know, people are different shapes and sizes. Bigger people obviously need more food than smaller people, right? Because me and you would eat completely different Um <laughs> well, yeah, you can it's put debatable. all the food away for the size of you, in fairness <laughs> to you. We'll, we'll give you that. But let's say on average, you know, if you're yeah. a bigger person, you need more calories. So what they've decided to do in this restaurant over in China was weigh people on the way in. And then they'd be able to determine, with a few more pieces of information, you know, on average, what that person should be eating calorie-wise. And then they would 
suggest certain items off the menu that they should eat. So they're like, oh, you need two and a half thousand calories. Well, then you should probably have uh, this and this and this. And then if you need a little bit less, like fourteen or fifteen hundred calories, you should have this, this, and this. And the idea being that they don't want to have a ton of food left over on the plate and they don't want to have a ton of food that has to go to food waste. So it meant to be a solution to one of the food waste initiatives. But they've obviously been ripped apart online for what people are saying is like glorified fat shaming. Yeah, they have. And I mean, I can see two sides to this. I mean, are they going to rock, if someone's going to rock up that's quite heavy, are they going to feel embarrassed in front of everyone? Because, you know... They're told, you know, that person might only want a salad, but they're told, okay, you're, you're going to be eating this amount of food. This is what you can consume because you're this size. Do you know that kind of way? So it's a little bit... It's insensitive. Is it? I would say so. Like, I get it. I understand that they don't want to waste food and that's a good thing, but the picture that I saw was a woman standing on scales with loads of people queuing up behind her. So, I mean, they're all seeing this you know, yeah. it, it wasn't done privately in some little booth thing. And I don't think if it came in here in restaurants that people would go and eat out. Oh, God, it would, it would never come in here. Can you imagine the, the, the uproar? Like the Karen's minds would just explode. There'd be this collective explosion and just brain pus everywhere over the city. People would be losing their minds over this. Because, you know, it's been talked about on airlines where they're like, listen, if you weigh more, you're technically causing more fuel. So maybe you should be doing it there. But, uh, but in fairness, waste. they're not actually saying that in this uh, in this scenario. That's what I thought initially. They're not saying, "Oh, you're overweight. You need to only be eating this amount." Where that you know, where that person might have actually been going in to eat triple that amount. They're not saying that. They're just saying, for your size, this is how much you need to eat, or this is how much will fill you up. And you're smaller, so you only need this amount. So it's just to stop food waste. It's not to body shame you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I know, but I suppose if, if you're really sensible... But on, on the flip side of it, if you have someone who... What if you have someone who has an eating disorder and you get them to step up on the weighing scales? Like, that's just yeah. going to cause absolute havoc and hell. Like, if they're anorexic and you're like, come here now, step up on yeah. that, uh, th- that can't be a good thing either. And like you, when you're going out to a restaurant, because I, I know... 
there was talk, and I don't know if this has come in yet, and if you work in the restaurant business, can you let us know what the story is, that there was talk of restaurants having to put the calorie content on the menus so that when yeah. a person goes in, they can... And apparently that was going to cost a fortune and be another thing to just kick restauranters in, in the face. For going out to a restaurant, I know some people are on strict diets and it can be difficult knowing how much food you should have if you go to a restaurant because you have no idea what it's cooked in or what sauces they're using and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going out to a restaurant, you're not just going out... That That's like your free meal or your cheap meal. You know, you don't really care about it. You're going to enjoy yourself and regardless of the amount of food yeah, that's in it. Interesting you say that. I'm meeting my friend on Thursday just for lunch, but th- this place does dinner as well. And they have had, for the last maybe two or three years, calories beside everything on their menu. Now, when this place opened first, the food is unbelievable. You'd get mm. a fry or you'd get whatever you wanted, burgers and chips, whatever it would be. Now I tend to go and I won't get them because I look at the calorie count and I'm like, oh God... And I refuse to get it, even though it's delicious. So it definitely does deter you from, you know, getting something that you, what you want. usually got. Yeah, it does. It kind of, that's actually nearly worse because it's what screaming at you right beside. On top of being weighed on the way in. <laughs> okay, just step on over here now. I'll just have a glass of go. ice, please. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a bowl of ice with a side of water, please? That'd be absolutely lovely. You wouldn't eat it. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, anyway, the Chinese restaurant came out and they uh, have apologised. They deeply regretted the decision to weigh the customers <laughs> on the way in. Um, yeah, I, I, that was never going to work out, ever. No, it, really, it wasn't. wasn't, in fairness. Now, maybe they could cut down on the buffet style. I don't know if they're still doing buffet style anymore, actually, because of COVID. But, you know, where you can, oh, yeah, you all you can eat to. Chinese is where yeah. you can just go back and have three or four or five plates of food, uh, which I've done before. Well, would that not make more sense that you kind of just serve yourself up? Because at least then you're only eating while you're hungry and you stop once you're full. But I think there's some weird, sick, I don't know, switch that goes off in people's brains when they go to an all-you-can-eat. Like someone my size, I'd be happy enough with the one plate, but I'll go back and have five because <laughs> I've paid for all-you-can-eat. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you got to match it's all I can physically there. eat, yeah. Yeah. So you get that problem as well. Yeah. People will automatically eat more going to those types of places. Yeah, would you be happy with getting weighed in a restaurant? My God. Again, yeah, it was over in, in, in a place in southern China. They've stopped doing it, so I don't have to worry about that. But I imagine it'd be frustrating for restaurateurs to have to look at all the food they're dumping out. And just people that avoid scales. I never, I don't think I've ever stepped on a scales, or I don't remember ever doing it. It's one of those things I've just always avoided. So I'd probably be shocked and horrified. He'd be like, my God, uh, they would yeah. need a truck weighing scales to weigh me. <laughs> that comes in from Eric. Well, then you could have you could have the entire menu, Eric. You'd be like, happy yeah. days. Go for it. You'd be, you'd be Close down the whole done. restaurant for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, job done. Happy days. Still to come on Room 104 in a few moments time. We'll be catching up with Ron and him. And 12 of his mates have decided to cycle 1,500 kilometres all to raise money for two very, very important charities here. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. Visit our flagship store in Tala and get free delivery at playblue.ie. Now, how long are we going to live? Yeah, see, this is the thing, right? You know, people go on these health buzzes and, you know, some people cut out meat and only drink almond milk like me, uh, green tea, the usual don't do anything bad and then you don't know what's going to happen anyway you could be dead tomorrow hit by a bus game over yeah exactly so we don't know but obviously there's like the average life expectancy for men and women I'm not actually 
100% sure what it is. If it's oh, let me Google it now. 83. It's lower for a man than it is for a woman. Is it 83 for lower, a woman? And it's lower for a married woman than it is for a married man. And that says oh, everything yeah. you need to know. Which is uh, horrific. Good luck life. to your uh, your future wife. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they've come out though to say uh, Dutch researchers have looked at the oldest, the maximum human lifespan, like the oldest we could possibly get to. And then after that, it just you just won't ever make it past this age. You're just you're just dead now. The global you, life you, expectancy, according to 2016 stats, was 72 years of age. So that's everyone, everyone in the world. So you're, you're on average going to live to 72. Uh, Irish people, we're about 82, 83, I think. Yeah, which is pretty decent. Uh, and it, it all, has yeah. it has changed. Like so, in the last kind of 15, 20 years, that life expectancy has risen. Which is great, and that's all, yep. all, all fine and dandy. But the very small percentage of people that will live till they're very old, like the oldest among all of us, there's an age now where science is saying you cannot and will not ever live past that. So the oldest person that ever lived, apparently, uh, 122 years, 164 days. Which is so, ridiculous. 122 years. Born, when was she born? Uh, 1875 and died in 1997. I think she's a uh, French, a uh, French woman. Jean Calmet. Jean Calmet. Jean Calmet. 122 years old. That is insane to be gone through stuff. So I, I take it it's, it's probably in and around that age then. Do you know, You're not living actually- to 200. No, 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 you're not living to 200. It's actually lower than that. So they said on average people live longer, but the very oldest among us have not gotten older over the last 30 years like the rest of us. So, you know, our grannies might have lived till kind of 70s. We would hope to live till we're 80s kind of thing. But Mm. for men, it should really stop at 114 years. So you shouldn't ever be able to live past 114 years. Yeah, and I imagine it's give or take a few either side. So that's the, the top range for men is 114 years of age. 114. And for women, it's 115. Well, it's weird you mention that, right? Because the looking at the list of the oldest people ever, and that woman there, 122, obviously some sort of freak, 122 years of age, then all the other women are about 170 and 119 years of age. But the men... The oldest man that ever lived was 116. So there's a big difference between men and women when it comes to life expectancy, even at the extreme end of it. That's insane. And yeah, they the went on to say, th- this researcher said, you'd have to travel a long, long way to find an exception to the rule. It's almost impossible you'll get beyond 115 years. You need 10,000 worlds like ours to end up with one individual in a given year who will live until 125. Yeah. So it's oh. near impossible. Yeah, we've had one person do it. 122 years of age. I wonder how old the oldest Irish person ever was. Did they come anywhere near that? Would you want to live that long? Do you know what? That's what I was thinking. I would want to live that long if I was healthy. If I knew that I wasn't going to be suffering for years, for 10 or 20 years, and I knew I was going to be in good health, I would definitely want to live till I was that age. Now, you'd probably find it very lonely or isolating because even your kids would have passed away. Your grandkids more than likely would be nearly yeah. passed away at that stage. How so be, miserable would like, that be? That's kind of bleak. No friends, no neighbours. So it'd and be all kind of... jumped in a nursing home. Yeah. People you don't know anymore. 
So I've never experienced that obviously happening. So I'm sure it's very strange to go through that. But it would be very cool to live till you're 115, 114. If, yeah, Even 100. If you could, yeah, 100 would be good. If you could manage yourself and kind of get around, that would be amazing. But um, yeah, 122 years of age is the oldest woman, oldest person ever recorded. And just the amount... It does sound great, but just the amount of misery you'll have seen. Everyone you would have ever known, everyone you would have ever met in your entire life, everyone. There's a random person you bumped into on the street, to the guy working in the shop, to your barber, to your doctor, to your all your family relatives, everyone you ever knew, dead. You've caught, yeah, they've well, come and gone out of your life. Pretty yeah. much dead. Yeah. Who's the oldest person living in Ireland now, today? How um, old are they? Let me see if that's online. Oldest Irish Oldest living person. Irish person. Because I know a, a few people who have grannies who have made it to 100 or granddads. And I find that unbelievable. Um, the first thing that's popped up, so let's see if this is correct. Oh, this was published. I hope this is correct. 17th of August 2020. There's a woman, 107-year-old. Elizabeth Heaney is now the oldest person in Ireland. 107. 107 years of age, yeah. Wow. God, that's incredible. And again, it's all women. All your female privilege making you live longer. They must be single. <laughs> well, they're definitely probably single now, but they must be single. They must have never married. As soon as he died, they were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And start relaxing Gave now. Them an extra going on a little years. holiday. Yeah. yeah. Wow, 107. Like, think about that now. You're 34. Imagine being alive that that much longer. Yeah. God. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like it. Hey, yeah, there you go. I'd, I, yeah, I'd wonder, though, if you could ever take enough, try and be so incredibly super healthy that you would delay that process so you can get an extra 10 or 20. Like, would you live to 150 if science figured out a way you could live to 150 years of age? Yeah, of course I would. Sure, I'm only starting. I haven't done anything in life. But there you go. I mean, you were late, Bloomer. Yeah. Some some people, you know, you, you got off. Um, you weren't straight are, out of the blocks, but now you're, married you're getting kids there. And everything. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.